Have you ever done something that you then very quickly think, I should not have done this thing? I love watching those videos of people going on roller coasters on YouTube. Have, has anyone seen any of these videos of people going on? <laughs> if you're bored this afternoon, that's your homework. It's, I, I hate to say it, but I just love to watch these people just like terrified <laughs> and mid-ride screaming, wishing they had not gone on this ride and yet somehow still having fun, right? Um, it's, it's perfectly safe, these rides, or so I'm told. And the thrill of them is that they are terrifying, but watching someone mid-ride is pretty funny. There's one, one video in particular that makes me cry from laughing every time I watch it, and it's a slingshot ride with a young man and his Aunt Janice. And he is the most hilarious little kid, and the whole time he's yelling, Janice, stop! Make it stop, Janice! Make it stop! And it's just amazing. We have all been there. We have hurt or terrified ourselves with our own choices, sometimes as silly as maybe riding a roller coaster or eating the wrong thing, and other times with much more serious results. But many of the pickles that we get ourselves into as humans are directly resulted from our own actions. It reminds me of the language of some of the confession liturgies, by our own fault, by our own grievous fault. We have no one to blame but ourselves. The scriptures that we encounter this morning are all about the choices that come with being human and how we can hurt, hinder, prosper ourselves in the making of them. All of those different options and more. The Old Testament text has Moses reminding the people who had been freed from slavery in Egypt and then had traveled in the desert for 40 years, that they could choose how they would live once they entered the Promised Land. This was something very long anticipated, right? Generations and generations, generations of slavery, generations in the desert. And once they settled, they were no longer going to have the intensity of their sojourning community, and they would be faced with different challenges and opportunities. It was a new start. And Moses wanted to make sure that they knew that how they chose to live there mattered for their future, for their children's future, for the future of God and God's people. So he encouraged them, choose life, choose faithfulness, choose the ways of God. This thing is not going to be handed to you on a platter. God's provision is not magic. It's relational. It includes our choices and our faithfulness. Yes, God's grace is free, and we get to embrace it and walk in it, choosing life. In like manner, we see Paul and Timothy inviting the house church that met at Philemon's place to make some big choices. This is a very short book of the Bible, and Baba read almost every single verse of it this morning. The only thing that was left out of that text this morning was like a little bit of housekeeping at the end about how Paul wanted them to make up a room for him when he went to visit. Um, but it's that almost the entirety of the book of the Bible was read this morning. But the way that Paul is calling the community to respect and welcome Onesimus was probably not met with much excitement. You see, Onesimus had been enslaved in that community. 
Scholars say that Philemon was a slaveholder and Onesimus had been trafficked by Philemon. So Philemon likely sent Onesimus with Paul and Timothy to help them on their way as, as useful as Onesimus means, but in the way of Christ that is always equalizing, Paul and Timothy were convicted to see Onesimus as a child of God and as a gifted leader. There is no place in our faith for anyone to be elevated over another. We are the body of Christ. We are reliant on one another. We are the priesthood of all believers, leading in our strengths and relying on one another for our weakness. Everyone has a place and we belong to each other. We need Kaylee just as much as we need the elder leaders in our congregation. Each has a role within this body of Christ. Slavery is antithetical to Christianity as evil, and we know that today, but they did not know it then. So for them to get this letter was kind of a harsh hit upside the head for them. It was something that challenged, something that they believed to be okay, that culturally was okay in their community, and that they had lived like for a long time. So this congregation and household at Philemon's felt this letter like a slap. They were told they'd been wrong. And not only that, but they needed to choose a completely different way of life, antithetical to their culture, antithetical to those around them, and welcome this one who had been dehumanized as a leader amongst them. Jesus, in the gospel, encouraged his followers to count the cost of following his ways. He likened it to a large building project or going to war two very dramatic endeavors that would require intense weighing of risks and options. And he reminds his followers, as he does in more than one place, that unless they are willing to turn their backs on their families, that they will not be able to follow. Now this is always a tough one, I feel like. We're always so perplexed by this when Jesus says this. It does not mean that Christians are meant to turn their backs on their families. God made families for, for a beautiful way of showing and guiding us through our lives together. It simply means that as we are counting the cost of following Jesus, as we are making decisions, that we don't include pleasing anyone but God in the equation. Listen, my grandmother loved me with her whole heart but she really would not have been pleased with my tattoos or my nose ring. She would not have liked that. And she loved letting you know in like that, way, that kind of old school way, like, oh, you haven't gotten much sun lately, have you? Are you very tired today? Oh, that's an interesting top. But these pieces, you know, those, those are silly examples, but we have these expectations of, in all kinds of ways, God is calling us to look at the expectation of Christ's example, the call of the Spirit, and to center those when we are choosing life. You need to live the life that God has for you. You need to choose life and live it, full of grace, full of love, full of joy, that is my prayer for Kaylee Rose today. That she would be so captivated by God's love and so supported by all of us 
that she can make choices based on what God would have her do, and that that's what she would think of first, that she would be bold and courageous, and the world would be changed by her. I know her big sisters, and let me tell you, Amy and Rick are really good at raising strong, independent young women. Claire and Elizabeth will let you know. So I have every hope that her parents will help her do this. But we get to help her too. We get to point her to Jesus. We get to receive from her the revelation of God's love and grace that she receives and honor it and support her. When we baptized her this morning, we did it entrusting her life to God. And after all of us are gone, and she is an old granny, she is God's just as much as she is today, reliant on her parents, being fed by a bottle. She cannot take steps for us. They need to be for her in God's spirit, in God's love. And that same flow of grace in God's spirit, each of us are immersed in, each of us are called to in our baptismal waters. Counting the cost of embracing God's love and surrendering, surrendering to the flow of it is up to us. There will be times in our journey that we're invited to choose God's way over our own personal benefit. That's always a tough one. Where it seems as though we are passing up profit or accolades or popularity, there will be times when we might have to risk disappointing our family, or our friends, or our culture, or our society. We can play it safe. We can try and do what we think the world expects or our families want us to do, and we could waste a lot of time doing those things. Or we could embrace the flow of God's love. So this morning, church, May we have the courage to choose life, to follow Jesus. May we have open hearts to radical love, to grace that always comes down, and the hope that comes from the resurrection. And may we rejoice at wherever it takes us. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, Let Us Ever Walk With Jesus.